This is Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis Partington. Oscar Mike in the military means on the move, and that is what we are doing with podcast number 131. And I have a returning guest tonight, a man amongst men, uh, a true brother, somebody who I connect with and resonate with whenever he takes time to talk to me. That is, of course, uh, Mr. Jim Tuff. And the reason I'm excited to have him on for this January 17th is he just completed, in my mind, a major accomplishment. He has been raising awareness about PTSD and veteran suicide and issues by way of doing push-ups, 22 for a session. And what he does is he has kind of like a, like a sergeant's message, if you will, before he does a push-ups. And then he does 22 push-ups, which means at day 500, he's done almost 13,000 push-ups. That's just an amazing accomplishment by itself. But when you understand why he's doing it, it just made sense to have him back on Oscar Mike Radio. Jim in Florida, thank you for taking time out of your day to talk with me. I, I am just still impressed and sore and hurting just thinking about all those push-ups. Welcome back to Oscar Mike Radio. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here again. I enjoy it. You're uh, you're definitely a good brother, and I love talking to you. Man, I love talking to you too. And you know, one of the things I wanted to ask right away is some of the people that I knew and, and talked about were, were like he didn't really promote the whole 500 thing a whole lot. And I, and I wondered, I think I know why you didn't do that so much, but you'd be open to it now, but. I was kind of wondering if I was, if we're on the same wavelength. So I kind of want to know if you'd start off by telling me why you kind of kept it to your message, if that makes sense. Well, it's not about me, though. I want the message message to get out. I didn't want to be look at, be that that guy that's like, look at me, all moto and all that good stuff. I just I do I do my thing, and. Thinking back on it, maybe I should have. And honestly, I do it every day. So it's not, how do I want to put this? It's not old hat by any stretch because I try to come up with something new, though I do repeat a lot. But it's just something that I do. And, you know, my kids thought it was a big deal. And (laughs) I guess I underestimated it and I did not promote it. Well, one of the things as I'm watching the the the, the 500 and folks, you can go to uh, that push-up guy tough on YouTube. You can follow uh, Jim's journey on Facebook at Jim Tough. He has a uh, Twitter feed. It is. It wasn't like, hey, I've done this for 500 days. Look at me. Look at me. You had a you had a very different message, man. And I would encourage people. I'll have a link to. This day 500 in the uh, Oscar Mike Radio blog post that goes along with this, but man, that that was a message, man, that really just knocked me on my my ass, for lack of a better term. <laughs> when you start talking about what the 500 actually meant in terms of numbers, the number of, of veterans that have actually committed suicide over that period of time was just it kind of brought everything to focus real quick as to why you do this and why I'm kind of getting involved in this and, you know, try to serve in my capacity. But I was wondering if you'd tell people about that and kind of explain it in your mindset behind that. 
Well, I went for a bit of shock value, honestly. Um, we have, we've lost 12,500 individuals to suicide. That is darn near double the number of what we lost in 17 years in Iraq and Afghanistan. I crunched those numbers too recently. And now the wounded far outweighs uh, the dead, obviously. Um, that's in the 20, 20 to 30,000 range, if not more, um, by by all uh, estimates that have, I've seen. But the deaths are pretty well recorded, and that was we've lost 6,854 soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen um, in Iraq and Afghanistan between OIF um, and OEF and the, the, the follow-on missions from there. So from 2001, October 7th, to November 1st, uh, 2018, which is the latest data I could find, says we've lost 6,854 dead over, over there. Now, in just 500 days, we've lost 12,500. That what? is mind Wait a minute, that, that's an actual real number. Yes. And it's, that's like that's like that's like filling up one of those arenas for basketball or or hockey. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to believe. It's an incredible number, and they say one death is a tragedy. One in one or you know one death. I forgot to say now, darn it. What is it? one death is the uh, statistic? Hey, I think I'm getting that opposite. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think it's. Uh, a million deaths is a statistic, but one death is a tragedy. Yes. Yep, yep. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. And you know, the the twelve thousand five hundred, it's been a silent death for, you know, and obviously in seventeen years there's been more than twelve thousand five hundred suicides. You know, I could crunch those numbers too, but that'd take me a minute. But uh, you know, just in five hundred days, we've lost almost double what we did in seventeen years. Man, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy to think about that. And I was almost one of them. And I get now, you know, I'm well beyond that. I'm 14 years beyond. No, hold on, hold on. 2006, 12 years beyond that, almost 13. Beyond that, and after crunch, and you saw in the video, I got pissed, and I for real yeah. was pissed. That wasn't that wasn't me uh, pulling from Juilliard School of Acting or whatever. That was literally me actually saying those numbers out loud and going, holy shit, in my mind as I said it. And, I mean, I knew the picture I wanted to paint, and I think I painted it pretty good, that we lost a Division Plus, or we lost two aircraft carriers and six destroyers. You know, that's the that's the personnel equivalent of what we've lost in 500 days. And it's largely silent in the in the press. And, I mean, we there was the outcry of, what was that, the... the Coalition Pink or whatever it was, um, yes. all these war protesters uh, crying out about all the dead over there during Iraq, but yet we have double the number in much shorter period of time, and there is no outcry at all. There is no real, other than what most of us, well, I don't see many civilians doing it, a few, but if it wasn't for veterans like yourself, my, me, and a bunch of others that... Uh, get really involved in actually, you know, rubber meets the road and try to do something about it, there's nothing in the media, nothing. 
nothing that I see. You know, you see a couple things from Army Times once in a while saying, oh, the number's going down. Um, I highly doubt that, not with what I'm seeing from what I do. You know, I'm not just doing push-ups. Why do you think that is? Why do you think the media at large, because they're the ones that are really going to keep this stoked in the in the public, public eye, why do you think they've largely just kind of shut this down and seem to be more concerned about, for lack of a better term, non-Americans than those who have served? Well, I don't have a great answer for that one. Um <laughs> To me, it just seems like it does not fit their agenda. If they can't blame a president that they don't like, they don't care. There was nothing about any, any, very little about casualties over in Afghanistan or even when we were getting ready to pull out of Iraq and then started the new mission over in Iraq while he was still president, while President Obama was president, there was no outcry. And I'm not an anti-Obama guy. I wasn't crazy about him, but I haven't been out, been crazy about a president since I was 18 years old. So it's not, I don't have a political bias. It's just the press does. And it's not cool to, um, like, they can't blame the suicide, really, on President Trump. And they can't really blame it on Bush because it's so far after. They could probably make a long connection to President Bush with Iraq and stuff like that. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. The fact is, is we're losing a lot of guys, girls, sisters, brothers, left and right, at least 22 a day. And that's a, you know, that's, you know, and it's not just our guys that were guys and girls that were over in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, I'm talking to Vietnam veterans. I'm talking to Gulf War vets, Panama vets. I think I can honestly say the only only conflict I haven't talked to anybody about is Grenada. I've talked to people that are involved in Beirut. Um, you know, like I said, Vietnam, just cause, you know, the only one that I haven't talked to is Grenada. There's somebody that was, that is messed up from Grenada. What it did to me was just make me stop. Not so much moving around, but my thoughts and think, oh my God, that that is correct. Because I do know for a fact that the VA won't. They won't deny the 22. They won't confirm it either, which means that they're, for some weird reason, that's the number that they're still comfortable with. Think about it. Even with all the awareness, uh, they still know that 22 is about the right number of suicides per day. So it just kind of stopped me when you think about all those lives that have been lost, not in combat not during wartime or even peacetime, you know, out in the field or on mission. I would have to say the majority of these are are people that have separated from the service and who are out, but serve their country who decided that for whatever reason, life is just not worth living anymore. And I'm seeing a pattern. I think I don't have the scientific data to back it up. So I don't really want to say this is what it is. But a lot of it, and it's not its not your guys, and I'm sure it is, there's some in there, but it's not your guys that have lost a leg. It's not somebody that's lost an arm. It's the person that has a TBI. It is the person that is messed up, but not bad enough to, how to, to look it, I guess, is the best way to put it. 
Um, yep. it's, the, it's, you know, people like me that are a little bit worse off than me, um, that can't work or shouldn't work or they can't work long term, um, that lose their purpose, lose their way, lose their, you know, um, lose their mojo. And they're, they're like, you know, there's the only thing I can say is like popular military runs an article here and there about, you know, uh, warriors, the warrior spirit, spirit, what happens when you get out, you know, is it, is life worth living? Well, hell yeah, life is worth living. You got to make it that way though. Well, that's one of the things that you talked about, you know, look, you can, um, learn a whole lot by looking at some of his other videos that he does. And, uh, again, it's not the push-ups; it's, it's the fact that you prepared something or something that is on your mind and you articulate it out to people who are watching this. But one of the common themes since I started watching is purpose and, and maintaining your purpose. And, and I think you're right. A lot of, a lot of us, lose that once we get out and it's 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 hard to find um especially like me personally and i know i'm not unique to this at all is when i got out with the heart issues you know it was one tried to put the army behind me but it, it's after 14 years it's too well ingrained it's there there's no getting away from it and I would say even that goes for the two, the you know, the person that did the two-year enlistment or four-year enlistment. It's drilled into you enough where the it's hard for the army to disappear from you unless you're really good at compartmentalizing. Um, but uh, it, it comes down to, you know, not being able to do your purpose. Like my purpose when I originally signed up at 18 years old was to end up in law enforcement, either federal law enforcement or state highway patrol. Um, wherever I ended up being. That was the goal. And I kept butting my head up against the wall once I had the open heart surgery and kind of recovered from it and got my act back together, started working out, getting back in shape. And, um, well, I'm not running any marathons anytime soon, let's put it that way. And I couldn't pass the physical (laughs) requirements. Um, Strength-wise, no problem. I mean, I can do everything here that I that I needed to do, but the cardio just is not there, and it's not coming back no matter what I've tried. I either injure myself doing it. Um, I mean, I'm pushing, well, I'm 47, so I'm push, getting close to 50. Um, good Lord, that's a Ooh. old. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I, I can't do what I want, what I wanted to do. One, I lost the prime of my life to my health. And, I mean, I'm... I think I've caught a second wind here. Um, we'll see how long it lasts. But, uh, you know, so basically what I'm trying to say is when you get out and you are unable to fulfill the original purpose that you may have went into the military with or found while you were in and you get injured and you get out um, by med board or medical retirement, you know, you can't fall into that purpose the way you did before and you've got to go back to the drawing board. And that's a lot of what I talk about in the videos now. Like I'm right now doing a planning, uh, a planning phase using the op order format because well, most of us know what that is. And, you know, and I'm saying this a lot more, you know, if you wing it's a wish, wing it, it's, it's a wish. If you plan it, it's a goal. And, you know, too many people find themselves in the hole and it's there because they were they're there because they were winging it 
they weren't planning what they were, what they were going into, or something came in and threw that big ass monkey wrench in there and sent them off course. And now they got to do a course correction and they're stuck, you know, and you know, that's what I'm trying to do now is, you know, give a quick, you know, boost of motivation, positivity, and say, hey, here's what you can do. You know, this is might, might sound like a stupid idea, but you know what? If it's if it works, it's not stupid. Well, I think it goes back to, you know, what we learned in the military. Doing doing something sometimes is absolutely better than doing nothing at all. Yep. Sometimes you have to, you know, wait for reinforcements or maintain position. But a lot of times, you know, we learned it was drilled into us that advancing on your objective is never a bad thing. When in doubt, do something. Exactly, exactly. So the most obvious question is, how are you now versus when you started out? And there had to be some times where it was like daunting and this this really hit you as to what this is well, all about. Honestly, it hit me real early in it when I decided to continue it. Um, I got to the 22nd day and I, I talked to Becky and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to keep going with this. I think I can hopefully do some good. Um, and I just kept going from there. Now I've refined the, refined what I say a little bit. I mean, honestly, I'm actually trying to shorten the videos a tiny bit because I find myself long winded and <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I've refined the mission to not just, I don't want to concentrate just on that. We're killing ourselves because that's not good for our community. Cause as of that, if we only concentrate on the bad, that's all we're going to get out. So right, right. I'm trying to do the positivity bit. Like if you see on Twitter, I try to put something not necessarily inspirational, but something positive. Um, Instagram, I posted a picture the other day while I was on my walk at four o'clock in the morning. Um, and it was just a picture of a, a light in the distance, a street light in the distance. And I called it hope because that's all you need is that little pinprick of light and keep focusing on it and keep going to it. And eventually you will get there. You just, it may take you a lot more time than you planned, more time than you wanted. Um, you just got to make, you just got to make it. That's one of the things that I think uh, happens to a lot of guys is they just lose hope. Mm -hmm. And they look for hope in the wrong places. Kind of like that song, looking for love in too many. Well, um, <laughs> you, you can't find hope in the bottom of a, of a, of a beer mug. You can't find hope at the end of a end of a blunt. Excuse me. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. You just can't. Mm -hmm. I think you find hope in other places. And and one of the things that you know I came to to realize is you offer some real real world places to find good hope, good help. And, and I think that resonates through. But um, do you ever think there's going to be a time in your, your lifetime or your time doing these push-ups that you'll see that number go down? And have you thought what happens if this number does start dropping? <laughs> I get to do less push-ups. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, seriously, um, I would love for that to happen. Um, like I said, I do more than just the push-ups and the talk. I mean, I spend a lot of time a lot less than many others. I know some people that are up 20 to 22 hours a day and all they're doing is talking to in trouble vets, you know, guys, girls that are sitting on the edge of that cliff looking into the abyss and thinking it's beautiful. 
and they've reached out for for help and there's a bunch of people around you know i referenced them in the videos too that they're they are doing what they can to try to pull people back make them do that about face and walk back into their life and we've been successful we've had some losses and it's it wears on you i gotta admit I've had to pull back recently. Um, one, it was starting to take more time at work than I should be taking. Um, I mean, I don't talk on the phone while I'm at work. I'm not supposed to be, but I will message. And I try, <laughs> I try to keep that to a minimum. That doesn't always work when there's crisis. But, uh, right. you know, I would love for that number to go down because that means that we are finally turning the tide. We turn the tide against Al, uh, Al Sadr and... Uh, Osama bin Laden, we took uh, took Afghanistan. It seemed like it was a week um, where we had them pushed pushed up against the wall, but yet we can't move any own. But we can't win the fight in our own head. Well, that's the thing. It's it's a fight you can't really see. And sometimes I think people, like you alluded to earlier, if he doesn't have a cane or he's in a wheelchair or a limb missing, well, he's not hurt that bad. He's just he's just faking it. You know, he's just doing it, and that's not the case all and the time. And also, our own, like, the the majority of female and male in the military are type A personalities. And I'll call, since the, since the heart issues, I would like to say I've slowly backed off from there from a type A to a small A, <laughs> no longer capital A. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the bottom line is, Military people do not like failure. We are drilled and drilled hard that failure is not an option. And then a lot of us, and I felt, and I still feel this way to a point, that I failed my military career. I failed my brothers because I did not go over with them. I still feel that. And that was, I got, that was in 2002 when they left without me. And I was um, back in the hospital, hospital bed a month later, and I still feel guilty about it. Um, we do not like failure. And um, I think you probably attested that as a Marine. Failure is not an option. And when we fail, boy, it, it hits us right in the right in the cajones. No, man, that's not good at all. I, I have a hard time with it in certain areas of my life. I don't know if I'm type A, but I definitely have been told that I, I, I like to have my stuff all planned out. Like uh, one of the criticisms I get a whole lot is, I'm not very spontaneous, but I'm like, yeah, but, you know, if you do something with me, I, I try to account for all the variables and all the contingencies, and we have a good time because I thought about everything, and, and that drives people away. And, and it's a very hard thing because I don't know about you, Jim, but for, for me, sometimes, you know, I feel at home the most when I'm around other veterans. Oh, absolutely. There's just some things I, I say or do that... You know, my civilian friends, my family, and, and colleagues, certainly, God love them, don't get. And that causes problems. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, it, I get it. It's, it's you know, you, there's a commonality across the board. I mean, even Army and Navy, you know, there's still that. There's still that common discipline that that occurs. It may not be as much as say the Marines, or it might not be as much as the Army, but there's the common discipline of knowing what the hell the position of attention is, um, following an order, um, you know, and keeping your keeping your shit straight. You know, right, right. It's a it's across the board. So there's and that's the and like like it said, 
Um, we can give each other shit. I can talk about I I can talk crap about the Marines. The Marines can talk crap about, about the Army, and then we can talk crap about the Navy, and everybody talks crap about the Air Force, as I say. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it, it's we can give each other shit, but let a civilian do it. They're going to get their ass beat. It's because we are a brotherhood. We are a sisterhood. One of the things that also I, I kind of you know we've talked about this before, but I think it it's definitely worth mentioning again as you've gone through this journey you haven't gone through it alone and and i'd be you know wrong if i didn't mention possibly the toughest tough in the bunch uh your 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 lovely wife uh becky you know what does she think about all this now that you've hit 500 and, and and how how do you think her outlook on you is that you're doing Honestly, this. I'm not sure. Other than I know she's proud of me. Um, she's glad I stuck with it. She thinks I'm doing good. Um, what she totally thinks about it, I'm not sure. Um, I know what she does uh, for this family, for me, and she's my unsung hero. And I tell her all the time that she's appreciated. And that's another thing. we got to take care of our families, period. Too many of us get wrapped around the axle and don't take care of our families trying to think about what's going on with just us. But, uh, no, she's, she is a wonderful person, and she supports me with what I'm doing, and I'm very grateful for her. Awesome, man, awesome. I, I just look, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I met him, him being Jim, almost a year ago, and I had seen some of his videos on Facebook. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, because you will talk to a lot of people who will do things They'll go to golf tournaments and motorcycle rides and raffles and stuff like that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I please do not, you know, take this out of context. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to a golf tournament to raise money for veterans' causes and learn something about a, a, an org. I'm not saying that at all. But what I do find is there's a lot of people who will go to one of those kinds of things. And there's a very small portion of the population that will actually roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty. Even among the veteran community, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who will, you know, who will get all moto and rah rah and, and, and join in the fun, but when the work's around or the working party shows up, uh, they disappear. And, and you get you get the sense by by watching these Jim that, that you are, like you said, you're hands on and you're into it. And and I just would ask, how can how can people who are looking to connect with this and be more involved help well, out? Um, there's a few groups on Facebook that have nationwide. I'll get the names for them. I know a couple right off the top of my head, but there's at least three um, groups where there's actually boots on the ground people uh, that literally, if you're in Arkansas, there's a team in Arkansas. And if you're sitting on the edge of the cliff and you call for help, they'll actually have people be able to come out to your location. Um, and try to, you know, you know, give you a damn hug if you need it, um, whatever you need. And I say that, I don't say that lightly because sometimes it's a human, human touch. That is what keeps somebody here. Um, uh, a lot of the Facebook groups, any, um, the ones I'm involved with, uh, veterans helping veterans, um, I'm going to pl- try to plug them <laughs> warriors help corner, uh, American military family got your six it's veterans peer support for PTSD. And then there's just, there's tons of groups on Facebook that'll, that are, that are there to, 
be that hand to help you back if you need it. Now, there's also organizations, I don't know any of the names off the top of my head, but there's actually, uh, like with DAV, there's people associated with DAV that will actually point you in the right direction if you want to be hands-on physically, you know, where you're at. So if you're a veteran, and one of the things, you know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, guys, girls, everybody out there listening to this, I got to tell you, Jim, one of the first things that really just punched me in the gut is when you talked about staring to the abyss. And, and not so much in the military. There was a couple times in the military where some bad stuff happened, and I, I, I'm like, what's going on? But that and other times in life where I'm like, I wasn't trying to kill myself. I wasn't suicidal, none of that. But there was definitely an abyss, a cliff, whatever you want to call it in my mind there. And you stare in that thing long enough and you think, well, maybe it can't be any worse if I just step off, right? And that's where the tone of your conversation changes and you're like, hey, stop that right now. There's no excuse for you to take that step. And I kind of wondered how you got to that point where you were able to tell people about walking away from the abyss, not even looking. My own personal experience this is not like you know someone yakking on tv you you've had to walk your talk mm -hmm. definitely in 2006 I'll, I'll tell you the tell you the nuts and bolts of it uh without revealing too too awful much but uh and i've said i say this in the videos a lot because i you know i have not been to combat I, I have no reference for that other than my own training which was extensive over 14 years and a few deployments here and there but none to actual combat zones so my ptsd and anything that is wrong with me is not from from combat but what did happen to me is i had the heart attack in 2002 actually two of them in one month one which actually killed me and they brought me back well Wait a minute, did you, did you just say 12? Two. Okay, two. I was going to be like, how are you still... Okay, okay, I'm sorry. No, Go ahead. I had two heart attacks in one month, one which actually killed me and they brought me back. Uh, that was the first one, which I had for three hours because Army Medical in the... <laughs> well, one PA was not too bright. Well, anyway, um, had the heart attack, the unit deployed. I stayed back as rear detachment commander. Um, unit came back. I ended up men boarded out in 2004. Um, so I had lost health and then I lost my career. And then 2000, I had 2005, I had the open heart surgery to replace the valve in my heart, uh, the main valve in your heart, the aortic valve. Um, and then uh, shortly after that in 2006, my now ex uh, who was running in that's no secret to her, so I can say it, um, told me we were done, and I lost my family and moved out of a, a pretty decent house into a crappy-ass apartment with, with just whatever I could fit in my... It was a country It was a country music song <laughs> up until that point. Oh, it was no. just... I lost everything, and, you know, it was... I I had a young daughter, and I had a stepson, and with my work schedule, I wasn't seeing them near as much, anything, you know, just, and I was alone. That was the biggest thing, as I think back upon this whole thing, I was alone. 
Um, all I had was a stupid video game that I had been playing uh, for a couple of years at that point. And there was friends on there because we talk on, talk on TeamSpeak. So there was human interaction there. And I had quit that because I was trying to save my marriage. I got back into it, and then I met my now wife, Becky. She was playing. And uh, Well, I like the sound of that. <laughs> and all we did was talk. And, you know, I was still, I was in a very bad spot. I'd go to work, come home. I'd play that damn game all hours of the night. Couldn't sleep. And, you know, just, it was wearing on me because I had lost everything. Everything that mattered to me was gone. And, you know, because the, the Army career, first off, was, honestly more important than a marriage because <laughs> I knew that was going downhill, but I was trying to save it. You know, once again, damn veteran don't like failure. Um, right. So anyway, the, it just, it was, she, my ex was being not very nice and that sugarcoating that. Um, and it was just a bad, it was just a bad time. And, I came up with a plan that I was going to do it. I had the ideation, and and then it was, um, you know, that's it. I'm going to do it. And I reached out for help to Becky, and she uh, she's like, "No, nah, you're not going to do that." And I said, "Why?" And she said, and she reminded me of my daughter, and I was like, uh, "Fuck," <laughs> you know. And uh, I she she gave me she gave me that glimmer of hope. And slowly started the, the the peel out of the out of the hole, and it wasn't it wasn't super easy. And she made it a lot easier uh, once we actually ended up getting together and actually staying together. And I think loyalty is an important part of a relationship as as it should be. And she has been a loyal partner as I have been to her. And it's been greatly rewarded, and that that one "you'll be okay" statement, the hand, basically the hand on my shoulder, saying that you're going to be okay, was what I needed. I needed somebody to tell me that I was not going to be alone, or that I was not alone, and that I had something to build on. Whereas I didn't see anything. To me, it was a desolate landscape. And it's been it's been a journey back, and having walked my own way back in with help, I'm trying to be I'm trying to do for others what Becky did for me. Well, I just think, and we've talked about this before about you know is what we're doing effective, and I really believe in my heart of hearts that let's just say you do this for another 500 days, okay? Yeah, I plan on it. But let, 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 let's let's pivot that and say, you know, two years from now, someone comes up to you, someone hits you up on Twitter, and I'll have the link to Jim's media stuff in the blog post. But that being said, someone hits you up some way, somehow, and says, hey, man, you know, I was staring at abyss. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have any hope. And, you know, your, your push-ups and your message that day kind of, kick me in the, the ass like a good NCO does and I'm doing all right now. I, I, th I think for me that would be more impactful than say a million subscribers or a, an endorsement deal of some kind. Yes. 
uh, I'm just talking in general terms, but it seems to me that is more your motivation than trying to get notoriety or being, you know, a celebrity. Celebrity is not what I'm after. Notoriety is not what I'm after. But what I would like to see is a message get out. Um, if more people want to do the same thing I'm doing, more power to them because the more people we can reach, the more people we can save and the, we can get that number down. But, you know, I'm, I won't say I'm a reluctant celebrity, one, because I'm not. Um, but number two is I have to be willing to put myself out there and whatever happens, happens with it. But the mission is going to continue. And if, uh, if, if there is news coverage, if there's whatever that goes with it, I'll do it. And, you know, because there is a mission behind it. It's not, I don't expect to get a dime out of this. I never, you know, I thought, I thought to get things going a little bit, I would monetize the videos, but one, I don't even know how to do it. And number two, you know, if I did do that, a 95 to 99% of it would all go to making sure that, um, well, it would go to, because there's so many people that are, that you see on Facebook that are like, I, I could use a meal. If I had extra cash, which I don't, unfortunately, I would be, you know, grubhubbing them, you know, getting them food to their, to their location if it's available or calling the local pizzeria in their town, that sort of thing. If, if I make any money off of it, it's going back in to take care of veterans. But the, the object is not to make money. The object is to get a message out there and save soldiers, save Marines, save sailors, and save airmen. I want you to think about listening to somebody who's actually been there. And somebody who's found his way back with help and then somebody who's actually walked that forward. And, and that's where I think for people who, who want to connect with somebody who is real, you can just watch the videos and you do nothing else with it. I, I think this is where my, my connection comes into what you're doing, Jim. You've done this, uh, like I said before, in, in several, you know, uh, weekend safety brief videos I do and other podcasts and in discussions with people. This is just, just for the physical expenditure alone. It's an amazing effort. But more than that, it's the expenditure of your yourself. And, and when you take your experiences and what you're doing and try to relate that to everybody so they can get something out of it. That that's the real work right there. So you've done that 500 times besides this. Um, if you're winging it, it's a wish. And if it's a plan, it's a goal. What, what other things are you trying to do with your outreach? Well, one is just let people know that they're not alone. Um, that's a big one. The, uh, a lot of it is awareness, but also I was saying earlier that uh, I don't want to concentrate too much on the 22 itself. I don't want our, we run the danger of having a community identified by suicide and PTSD. And I think we need to try, um, and I, re I talked to you about this, the, Der the Derek Weida post, if anybody got a chance to read that. Um, he he had some good points. He was wrong on canceling out the 22 because you have to have a focal point. 
but he was very right by saying that there are many, many veterans that do a lot of really good things. They're running companies, whether it's a small business that they've started or they are have made it to the top of the corporate ladder. You know, there's a lot of successes because we are driven. Now, we just have to find that drive again. Even if you are a paraplegic sitting in a wheelchair and can't go, go and do what you did before, you have to find that new normal and learn how to operate successfully in it. And, well, you have to adapt to your new normal and adapt successfully within it and find your success. And you can't, and it's going to be about bolstering people. I gave a talk a little bit ago about manning the fuck up and how it's not really a negative connotation if it's done right. Um, you know, while you're in, it can be kind of a derisive thing, like, ah, oh, you wuss, you know, man the fuck up. But if you really get back, if you really get to the brass tacks, you're not necessarily doing it on your own. You shouldn't have to do it on your own. And that's what I'm trying to do is show, one, that you're not alone, that somebody is in your corner. And there's more than me, by far more than me, that's in your corner. You just have to get up there and have the drive and the will to get back up again. You haven't failed if you keep going. If You, you, only, fa- you only fail if you quit, unless it's a test, and then you can fail it. But uh, largely in life, as long as you don't quit, you have not failed. And that's what I want to put, keep pushing forward. It took me 14 years, some of it beating my head up against a wall, to try to get into a purpose I was no longer able to fulfill. Uh, to fulfill. It took me 14 years to adjust fire and figure it out. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, everybody has their obstacles. Everybody. Um, you just have to figure out a way through them, all around them, over them, under them. You know, you just got to figure it out. And don't quit till you do. And if you're 94 and you still haven't figured it out and you die then, that's when you should be dying, not not a day sooner. You know, tomorrow is not always guaranteed, but you, you should not be doing, you should not be killing yourself to make that make sure that tomorrow doesn't come. You kill yourself, you ensure that tomorrow doesn't get better. So that's the gist of the next uh, 500,000, 10,000, 15,000 days from now. We're rounding third on this podcast, but the, the thing that comes to mind is 500 is almost like a, a year and, a, a year and, I don't know, a year and a half almost. I mean, give or take a couple days. So yep. it's it's the first of of 2019, right? Which means conceivably mm-hmm. in 2021, we could be around June. We could be having this conversation again, and that 12,500 number doubles to 25,000 people. And mm-hmm. we we've already and the thing is, folks, he, he talks about. I'll have the links in the blog post. You'll be able to see the video. He he lays it out. You're talking over two aircraft carriers worth of crew just 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 for the, your first 500. I don't even want to think about 25,000, Jim. I don't want to. And I hope we're in a different place when that time comes. But 
the the scale of the problem is real, man. If we get if I get to twenty five thousand, that is five aircraft carriers. That is half our aircraft carrier fleet currently. That's right, half. We have, yep, half our carriers just went unable to be manned because we've killed killed ourselves. And just think of it this way of how much expertise and knowledge and, and wisdom and experience it takes to crew an aircraft carrier effectively that's now gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you 25,000, I think, is also an Army Corps, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look up the numbers now, how they organize, but I think that's an Army Corps. Uh, no, not quite. Is the divisions 10,000 to 12,000. You're looking at two divisions. Yeah, you're looking at about a core. So to that me, is a third of our combat power. I know, a sixth. So there's no, there's no, to me, man, there's no off day with this. There's no time to ease off the gas. There's no time to uh, reduce awareness. I, I think for those people who care and wonder if it's worth doing, the answer is yes. Otherwise, we're going to be having the same conversation in about 18 months, man, and that's just not good. But no. I would encourage anybody, uh, whether it's on any one of his feeds, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, I listen to a, a lot of the uh, messages at work around 9 o'clock when I get in and it's kind of like my pre-podcast podcast while I'm, you know, doing stuff. And it kind of gets my mind right. Uh, it's kind of how I do it, Jim. But when, when you know, if you can um, take the time out to listen and really listen to what he's saying, it, it, it's, it's just explained in a way that, you know, it's not condescending. It's not, you know, too academic. It's just a dude talking to a bunch of other people. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking about this, Jim, we're talking about this and I'm just really humbled and honored to have you on this podcast to speak with us because you have really put yourself out there in a real substantial way. And I'm, I'm hoping that when you get to day, you know, 1000, that, that we're having a different kind of conversation. I hope so. Um, it's going to take, it's going to take. Honestly, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to take, but I do know it's going to take us veterans that have gotten out and are in, um, didn't get out under the circumstances in which we really thought we would, um, to get that drive back to succeed, other than it killing ourselves. My voice just cracked saying that. That was not planned. <laughs> well, it's no problem. So, how can people uh, find you on the internet to? kind of join in or get motivated or get some some butt kicking if you will <laughs> um jim tough on facebook uh that underscore push up underscore guy tough um instagram i'd have to look up what the hell my name is there <laughs> i will have um, the link don't you worry i got this covered bro i got you i got your right. back it is uh instagram folks is at that push up a guy in Instagram and Twitter is, uh, push up or, you know, guy, or at guy push up. Why Twitter gave me that one. 
but it, it says that underscore push up underscore guy tough and then at guy push up. <laughs> um, I can think of worse things to be known as. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 mission doesn't stop, and you can find me in those locations. Um, there's new content usually five days a week. I do take the weekends off. I'm falling apart at uh, 47. Um, I'm constantly fighting stuff with my feet, and I need my feet to do the push-ups. And you know, I gotta rest my body. I do have a a ticker that's not 100%. So I gotta. This is a marathon. This is not. I'm not sprinting here. So I do take the weekends off. Um, and if I don't feel right, I don't do it either. I do not want to end up in the hospital, and I do not want to die. So. I I listen to my body now, whereas I didn't used to. So I do I do it as much as I can, and I also share reruns when I can't do it. Like today was I reran day 285, um, and during the holiday season I will run reruns even on the weekends because the holidays are rough. I just th- this was this past holiday season was the first time. I was really, really as involved as I have been. Yeah. And I tell you, it was a brutal, brutal, brutal week. Um, it's not easy, man. The, it's uh, not easy. Desert storm. Uh, Just Cause kicked off Christmas time in 1989, and that provides a rough time for guys that were in the 82nd, the 7th, 7th Infantry Division. Um, some Marines, SEALs, and 5th Infantry Division, I believe it was. So there's definitely a lot going on and uh, around the holidays and just the normal stuff with holidays of being alone, being away from home, uh, remembering friends and brothers that, that that have gone before you that didn't make it home. You know, holidays are rough. So I'll run the videos on the weekends and do what I do with uh, the groups I'm in. And like I said, I don't do near as much as many others in there. There are some really tr- honest and true unsung heroes uh, in those in those groups that do, uh, for lack of a better word, God's work. They're, they're sitting there talking as much as they can to whoever needs it. A bunch of good, great people. Well, Jim, it has been a pleasure getting to know you, getting to talk with you off the podcast. We've talked several times just just in passing about stuff, you know, sports, um, different things about different parts of the country. You know, you're whining and complaining that it's, you know, 42 degrees for the high. I'm thinking it's going to be 12 degrees for the high this weekend. Get out. But uh, A lot of that's sarcastic. <laughs> oh, man. But it, it has uh, been good to get to know you. And once again, um, not not as a rah-rah, but just as a brother respecting their brother, I just think, you know, congratulations again on your, your, your day 500. It's an amazing accomplishment for the right reason. And even past this, I'm very interested in what you have to do. Please give your best to your lovely wife, who uh, definitely is your better half. And um, we'll just keep talking, man, and keep doing what we're doing to keep this on the front burner in people's minds.
Roger that. I thank you for the time, and anytime you want to talk, I'm I'm usually available. Yes, sir, you Just are. No doubt at all. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is 131. I'm Travis. This is Oscar Mike Radio with Mr. Jim Tuff, Army veteran, uh, doing his outreach through a, a inspirational, motivational message and push-ups. going to close out this podcast with, uh, like I've been saying, with... Uh, this guy I interviewed on January 1st, Muggsy Brady, and his track, uh, My Journey, which kind of fits in with what we're doing now. Life is a journey and how you live it. Muggsy Brady from Australia, folks. I'm Travis. This is Jim Tuff. Thanks again. We are on the move. And I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy Misery is how it started No scenery or harvest I always shred a tear or heartless Pain became a darkness Hit me when I was 15 no future, had no dream until everyone pushed me in between. That hip hop, yeah, was my scene. I found something to find myself to get me out of this living hell. I got back up, come on, when I fell and said the truth on what I had to tell. A new man with discipline when the culture had witnessed my sin. I felt that I had to shine with it, show the world that I was ready to begin. Almost about to be given in until hip hop gave me a new beginning. When I started to rap and I was on this journey, every day I feel like I was learning. You made me feel like my future was burning, but I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy. When I started to rap and I was on this journey, every day I feel like I was learning. You made me feel like my future was burning, but I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy. Drop down rhymes, but need a material. Started writing songs and hit the studio. Shalom City was so surreal. Felt like a proposition on what they built. Over a two year period, I made ride or die. When it came out, I thought the gangster style was my life. Now looking back, I'm ashamed, should've thought twice. Just want to live like the eyes in my mind. Guess it made me walk more around like a joke. Even when I got that back respect, I lied. Kill my hopes. Time to go back to the rest of suicide notes. I want to learn again and I couldn't cope In an atmosphere full of pain While I was trying to make a difference in my place Seemed like a disgrace People trying to kill my faith All because I don't appeal to your taste When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning you made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy But no, after all, hip-hop had my mindset I learned more about the culture to build my rep The founding fathers, the four elements To take me further First you got rap, then you got DJ Breaking with the B-Boys, graffiti on the freeway I started meeting groups who love the culture Share history, build connects and got bolder We all have different journeys and as a follower I believe that as times get old
separate us, never Started to become a smarter MC Quit hiding cause the pain in my words set me free And I became stronger, no one could touch me As I was building the name, Muggsy When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy